This is the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. At July's IPCPR trade show in Las Vegas, I had a chance to sit down with Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera and Jeff Borschwitz, who is the owner of Orlando's Corona Cigar as well as Florida Sun Grown, the Central Florida tobacco growing operation whose tobaccos have made their way into various premium cigars, including the eponymous FSG brand made by Drew Estate. So we talked about Willie's blending process, what's new in the Drew Estate portfolio, how the relationship between Drew Estate and FSG came together, and what it means to Jeff to produce premium cigar tobacco in his own backyard. But before we get to that interview, a word from our sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra Rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio, but it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A rum safra rum always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra now here's my interview with willie herrera and jeff borschwitz let's start by talking about some of the new product that's coming out only because we got a wad of tobacco over here he's got the new stuff though so <coughs> willie would jump in there. sure sure well yeah well let's let's start here because there's there's so much happening on the on the Drew Estate and on the Willie Herrera side. Okay. For people who maybe have never come across it or been exposed to the FSG story, talk about uh, FSG, what what that even is, and what the relationship is with Willie and Drew Estate in having that become something people can consume. Okay. So Florida Sungrown is a tobacco project we started in 2013. And it, it came about because of a, a passion for bringing something back we didn't reinvent this whole thing. It was uh, we resurrected it. I mean, it had been done for 150 years. And what I uh, uh, really focused on is that Florida had two two primary crops of types of tobacco. One was the shade grown, which was the Sumatra seed, which was competing against Connecticut. And then the other one was uh, the, what the Cubans came over for, which was the Cuban seed and the Cuban uh, tobacco. What a lot of people don't realize is that during the Spanish-American War or the Cuban Independence War. Uh, during that period, um, 
there was a lot of uncertainty about the future of Cuba. So these, these fellows came over, the, these tobacco farmers that were traditionally selling their tobacco to the factories in the United States. They, they knew we needed, they needed to do something because there was a blockade on Havana Harbor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So naturally they went to the Ybor City area and they ended up in a place called Fort Meade. And they had a, uh, they had a tobacco plantation, it was 350 acres. Now a lot of people can't comprehend what 350 acres of tobacco is. But I'm telling you, that is a tremendous amount of tobacco. And this was done in 1895, 96, 97, 98, during those periods where the war was brewing and where the war was occurring. And we're talking 350 acres that were done with, by hand with hoes and, and, and mules that were pulling plows. Yeah. So it's just, it's really, it's amazing how much they grew. Um, that's, that's a lot of work, man. I mean, I did it on the tractor at the barn smoker this year. And that's a tractor that's moving. You're just sitting, planting stuff in there. And I did two rows, and I was exhausted. Yeah. So imagine <laughs> doing it by hand. And so that's these unreal. guys, so the, so the industry had been here. Um, the reason the Cubans kind of left, though, is that after the war ended and, and Cuba got its independence, they were told, you can come back to Cuba and have your farms. Because everything was worried about, you know, is, does Spain own the farm? Do I own the farm? What happens? So they came back, and, uh, and that's when the, when, the, when the Cuban seed tobacco, the Corolla they were actually growing back then, that's when that went away. But the shade stuck around for years after that because that was co- competing mostly with Connecticut and was supplying the factories in Ybor City. Matter of fact, I was talking to the new president of Swisher. Um, Swisher was one of the key buyers of Florida tobacco. They were using all the shade on their King Edward cigars. So it's a very long intertwined history between Florida, Swisher, Cubans. And so it's, I'm fascinated with history. And, I, and all I'm trying to do is keep that little bit of history alive where it's, a, it's like a working museum, let's call it. Our target uh, a yield is about 6,000 pounds, between five and 6,000 pounds of tobacco. Um, that's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but it is a whole lot of work. And uh, there's, no, there's a reason there's nobody growing uh, cigar tobacco in Florida anymore. It's because it's impossible to make money. You'll lose money, guarantee yeah. it. So we do it more of like a working museum type of thing. But, um, you know, we want to do it where, where we have a brand that's available on a national level. Um, that's why we're partnered with Drew Estate on this, and uh, I'm not a cigar manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where Drew Estate and Willie Herrera and the skills that these guys have in Nicaragua. Um, it's one thing to grow tobacco. you got to cure it. But one of the things I learned growing tobacco is that you can screw this thing up in every step of the way. You can screw it up in the seed beds. You can screw it up in the field. Like this year, we screwed it up in the field. Had you a had a, a video that you put yeah. out that we, yeah. we freaking killed our crop this year. It was an accident, but it happens, right? But things happen where you can have, you know, you can have the weather do it. You've, we've had hailstorms before. We've had, you know, you have hurricanes, tornadoes. You can lose it in a barn. And then these guys, when they get it, they can lose it all in a pilon when they're fermenting. You get the stuff too hot. Next thing you know, the stuff's rotten. Right. Um, there's so many... There's so much risk involved in this cigar business when you're making a cigar that the consumers don't, they have no clue. They have no clue. All the behind the scenes work that goes into getting that tobacco from the field into that cigar, into that blend. And every time you, if there's a, if there's a mess up, let's say these guys ferment a pilon that's, that's got too much water, too much heat. You don't realize that could be $400,000 worth of tobacco gone like that. You know what I mean? Or when you have a crop of tobacco, for example, we, when we grow it in Florida, you know, people have asked me about crop insurance. Well, crop insurance, the way insurance works is there's got to be a risk pool. 
well, there's only one guy in the pool in Florida. It's me. <laughs> so yeah. there is no crop insurance. So if something goes wrong, you know, it, it's our loss. But listen, I know that. I know that going into it. And that's not, you know, we, we accept that risk. Right. But there's just so many steps of the way. And, and, and the thing is, if you're growing tobacco, you never want to get cocky or arrogant. You think, I got this stuff down pat. Because as soon as something like that happens, yeah. something's going to throw you a curveball, oh, yeah. whether it's the All weather. The time. Or there's going to be something. Yeah. See, there's so many challenges. and uh, that, That's the beautiful thing about the barn smokers that you do. You know, those Florida barn smokers, people get to experience what we're talking about now. And the barn smokers, by the way, for people who don't know, Drew Estate does these barn smokers. Yeah, at, we do at it together with, with Jeff uh, Corona at his farm. Right. And people get to experience, wow, look what goes into just putting the, 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 the plants, you know, the, the little baby plants in the field. Look at, you know, the stuff in the barn. Look at this, look at that. So they get the scope of, wow. It's not just, they don't look at a cigar at a shelf anymore just as a cigar. Now yeah. in their mind, they're like, wow, look at, every, you know, look at everything that went into making that product. And having that in Florida opens that experience yeah. to a whole new yeah. audience of people. Yeah. I think the barn smokers, you know, Drew Estate is a pioneering company. They always have been. And I really love the fact that they've done the barn smokers, and not just in Florida, but they've done it in other parts of the country. Because uh, at the end, I, I just left Connecticut, uh, come over here, and I was with uh, one of the fellows that grows the tobacco for your Liga Provadas, Steve Jarmack. And, um, you know, I asked him, are you growing any shade? He goes, no, nah, man. He goes, he goes, that's a license to lose money. And he goes, We're, he goes, there's only one guy growing shade anymore in Connecticut. And I said, well... I, I think, you know, maybe shade will become like Florida Sungrown where there would be just one farm doing it. And, uh, and uh, he goes, he, he, he believes that the, the shade industry is lost in, in, in Connecticut just wow. because it's um, it just, it's all about numbers. Listen, when you're growing tobacco and, you, and, and the cost to grow tobacco in the yeah. United States, especially there's certain tobaccos that take a lot of labor. Oh, yeah. The most labor intensive is Connecticut shade and yeah. growing Cuban seed tobacco because you got to prime them. That means you got to go through the field. When we prime tobacco, we gotta we gotta send our crews through the field eight times. Right. So, if I'm stock cutting it, you, you, you send the crew through once. So that's why broadleaf is still a viable crop in wow. the United States. Yeah. And I love the fact that Liga Pravada and Drew Estate have not only embraced broadleaf, but what a lot of manufacturers are afraid to do is to hang their hat on a certain type of tobacco. Mm -hmm. Right. And let me explain. Because if something goes wrong or if there's a cheaper provider in another country, they want to be able to switch without consumers necessarily knowing. Right. So when, when Drew Estate made the commitment that we're at Liga Pravada is this, it's grown in Connecticut, it's, it's stock cut, you're not going to change that. You can't. And so, and, you and can't so they're committing that to tobacco anywhere else. And, and, and so I love the fact that, they, that yeah. Drew Estate has hung their hat on certain things, whether it's Florida sun-grown or Connecticut broadleaf, that this is a part of America's culture and history. And at the same time, forget all that, it's great tobacco. Yep. And the only reason some of these tobaccos went away, because anybody will tell you, Connecticut shade is awesome. I'll tell you right now, I, I take Connecticut shade over Ecuador any day. It's got more flavor. It, you know, it costs a lot more. It may not be as clean, meaning the colors, but the taste of it, Connecticut shade has a great taste to it, but but at the end of the day, if it's three times more than buying it from another country as a manufacturer, yeah. it's hard to say. Hey, yeah. why are you buying that tobacco, paying three times as much as from another country? So I, my, you know, I applaud Drew Estate's commitment to. 
the American tobaccos that they use in Liga, in an FSG, and it's and it's 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 you know it's a ballsy move that they did as a yeah. company. And but we continue you know to do it. And they continue to do it, yeah. and and it works well. And guess what? You know, I'm a retailer, so I, I'm I'm the I'm the link to the consumer. And I've always said a lot of times. See, a lot of manufacturers they don't have that link to the consumer, and a lot of times they get lost where you get. You know, you get an accountant from a, you know, out of Europe that owns a com- company, and they're like, why are you paying this much for this tobacco? We can get it from over here for half the price. As a retailer, I'm telling you right now, it, cons- it matters to a consumer. If I'm selling you a cigar that's $15, and I tell you it's got Indonesian wrapper on it, and, you know, just, you know, a- an inexpensive filler, right? they see through that. Right. But yeah. if you tell them it's got Florida, you know, Florida sun grown in it, or, or genuine, authentic Connecticut broadleaf, or you know certain types of tobacco, they will pay for it yeah, because they know what they're getting. Yeah. So Willie, talk, before we get into some of the new stuff with Herrera Teli, you know we've been talking about FSG. Talk about because Drew Estate committed early, right, to FSG. Uh, talk about as a blender what it's been like over the course of those years uh, blending with FSG and and how you've uh, sort of landed in the place with the blend that you're at now. Man, you know, it was a lot of blends. It was a lot of going back and forth with Jeff. It was a lot of trips going to Orlando and smoking samples and smoking samples because just like when I first joined Drew Estate, you know, 85% of the tobaccos at Drew Estate were new to me. I hadn't worked with those tobaccos in my family's factory in Miami. So with FSG, it was the same thing. It was a new tobacco. I had never worked with it. I didn't know, you know, how it would blend with other wrappers, with other binders, with other fillers. So it was a lot of trial and error. You know, we were trying to target a certain profile based off what Jeff and his and his team were were looking for. Um, so it was just make blends, smoke them. If it was okay, we put it on one pile. If it was if it was bad, get rid of it and start all over. So it was just you know creating blends, testing and testing and tweaking and tweaking until everybody came to the same opinion oh this is great and you know we went with that but it was it was a process it was a process just like any t- anything else that you're working with something that you have not worked with with you know with a cigar and tobacco you know it's even it's it's even harder it's not like you're making a tool or an engine and you just using you know new parts that do the same thing yeah. with tobacco it's you know it's going to give you a, fl- a flavor it's going to give you something in the smoke that it's either going to turn you on or turn you off. I, so I, I think one of the one of the interesting things that we learned about Florida sun-grown tobacco is that this was brand new for anybody to work with, and that was one of the biggest challenges right. because you can put it in a pilon, mm-hmm. and you don't know, well, do I treat it like Corojo grown in Nicaragua? Right. Do I treat it like broadleaf grown in Connecticut? Right. And so th- this is where I'm telling you where things can get expensive, right? Right. Because... Fermentation on on all these tobaccos is different. Yeah, very and so different. they had to you know learn through that process. I didn't know. None of us did because nobody's worked. Anybody that worked with this stuff is dead. Right. Right. You know, this is a generation that's gone. So you know, Drew Estate took that that challenge and 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 perfected how to ferment FSG. And it's you know the cigars. They, I just I love them. They do a fantastic job with it. But I I, I think that we we understate because the industry hasn't had. A new leaf to work with, right? And how long? Yeah, it's Ooh. like if you're a chef and you're seeing a pepper for the first time. Exactly. Now you got to go right. through the process of what do I do with right. this? See how it works. Yeah. So, right. so like if they if they get let's say 
Cameroon in. They can pick up the phone to another factory that, that tells you, hey, man, make sure you ferment this. Don't put water on it. Do this, do that. Who are you going to call on FSG? Nobody. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, I, I, you know, I love the way Drew Estate has always been looking at things. There's a reason that Drew Estate is where it is today. Because they look so far ahead mm-hmm. and are willing to do things. Take risks. That, yeah, they, they take risks. And they and, and that's what makes them different. And a yeah. lot of times when you're uh, in a business that is um, it's owned by stockholders, you're not allowed to do that stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a lot They're of constraint. Say, restraint. You can't do yeah. that. You know? And so I've always, uh, I admire that about Drew Estate. And it's so glad to see that the company continues to do that same thing. You know, what you guys are doing with your new legal provider, with the Corojo Grown in Connecticut, I think that's fantastic. And again, it goes back to what you were saying originally, staying true for legal provider. It's, you know, you got the Corojo 98, grown in Connecticut, USA. You got the Corojo 99, also grown in Connecticut, USA. So it stays true to the brand. You know, maybe, you know, next year, next year or a year after that, there's a USA Connecticut legal. You know, it's the possibilities are endless. You know, we have... The farmers that we work with over there, or the farmer that we work with over there, and they're always looking uh, at innovating other tobaccos. You know, innovating the the industry over there as well, because similar to what you were doing with the Florida tobacco in Florida, they're trying to keep that alive in Connecticut. That's as right. Well. And as a farmer, as a farmer, they're never going to take that risk if they don't if they know that they don't have a partner to work with. Yeah. Because they're not going to sit there and say, hey, let's go ahead and grow a crop of Crow 99 and, you know, invest all this money and not know. So that's where, that's the difference that Drew Estate is making that a lot of other companies, I mean, a lot of them are running from it. Oh, yeah. Of course. So talk about what's, there's a lot new, so I'm not even going to try to pinpoint one thing. What's new? Let's start with Herrera Tele. So Herrera Tele, first of all, you have the repackaging for all of the Herrera brands. So Herrera Tele, the Norteño the Miami, uh, and now Herrera Brazilian, the Maduro. Everything now is streamlined, same style packaging, same style box. Um, it won't get lost in the shelves. Everything is uniform now. There was a lot of confusion before, especially with Norteño. You had the 10 count box, then you had a 25 count box, then you had bundles, then you had the uh, 50 count or 75 count humidor. There was stuff all over the place, you know? So now everything is the same. Uh, you know what it is. You know what what brand family it falls under. Um, uh, new brands, the Maduro, the Brazilian. That's a totally new line, new blend. Um, and you have the extension of the Herestley Miami. Originally, it was a limited Corona size. So we've extended it to all the same five sizes as the rest of the line. So now there's a Toro, a Lonsdale, a Torpedo, a Robusto, and a Corona. So you have all five sizes in the Miami as well as Norteño, as well as the regular Herrera Estelí and the Brazilian Maduro. Everything's the same. So for the so let's talk about the Brazilian because that's going to be what's what's yep. new to the most people. Uh, for the person who you know obviously has not encountered that cigar, mm-hmm. what are they in for and how does it set itself apart from the rest of that line? You know, every single blend that I do, anything new that Drew Estate comes out with, it's its its, its own unique style cigar. It's the, the way I explain it at events and with people is it's, it's a cigar that, or a brand that's going to fill a void in our portfolio. So it's not going to be like anything else that we have. It's its, it's own style. It's, it's, if you want to look at the Maduro uh, heuristically, compare it, let's say, to the Norteño. Norteño is going to be a stronger, more robust profile. 
the Herrera Maya, the Herrera Esteli Brazil Maduro, it's more of finessed type Maduro. Still got body, just not as as full or as as robust as the Norteño. But it's not going to be as as smooth as Herrera Esteli original. And it's not going to be like the Herrera Miami. My, the Miami is more of a, of that that spice, that peppery, that little sharpness that all the original cigars that used to come out back in the day out of Miami, that type of profile. Kind of peppery, spicy, more, you know, straight to, you know, right straight to your to your to your tongue that you're like, whoa, what is this blast? You know? Um, and that's the way I try to blend everything is just create cigars for every type of smoker. Uh, stuff to fill our portfolio and have stuff for everybody. You know? Um, and it's just it's really exciting man because you know you see the brands evolving with time you know we don't do everything right the first time sometimes it takes a little bit longer the Norteño packaging was very confusing you know when it came out and uh, so now we've been able to streamline everything uh, with Swisher you know helping us and backing us up we could do more stuff you know we could make changes where before we were kind of limited and okay well we made a mistake but we got to live with it right now we can make changes correct things you know so it's it's, it's exciting yeah it's great that you have after that acquisition mm -hmm. that you haven't lost yeah. if anything it sounds like you've gained oh, some of that freedom man. to communicate absolutely. all that more absolutely and there you know i couldn't think of a, of a better parent company you know because we're like that kid that and they're like the grandparents they're the grandparents that you hear you know they spoil their kids and the, cool the kids get everything from the grandparents. <laughs> That's how they are with us. Whatever ideas we have, whatever we want to do, here you go. Let's do this, you know? So it's great. You know, one of the things I think a lot of people overlook about Swisher, Swisher's one of the few American companies, still family-owned. Yeah. So that part, that's why I say that, you yeah. know, Drew Estate makes decisions that where if this was a publicly traded company and you got, you know, accountants in Europe and everything else, I'm not so sure that they would do uh, what... Drew Estate is able to do. Right. But that's why Drew right. Estate is different and right. why people say, well, why is this, you know, why are they so successful with this, that, and the other? It's because they still run the cigar company with mm -hmm. passion mm -hmm. and taking risks and willing to try things. So I, I, th I think one of the things that a lot of people forget about, this is an American-owned company, yeah. a family-owned company. Family-owned. Started in, well, actually didn't start in Florida, but based in Florida. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Oh, no, they, listen, people think Swisher, all oh, this, and they have no idea. You know, I, in talking with, you know, the, the, the people that come out to events uh, from Swisher, I was blown away. All these guys have been over 20 years with that same company. That says a lot. Man. Yeah, and they you still, they, and the family still loves cigars. You know, they yeah. love the business they're in. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I just, I've learned a lot just from being growing the Florida tobacco. One of the largest purchasers of the Florida tobacco during the early 1900s was Swisher. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, these guys are ingrained in the history of Florida cigar making. Right. And uh, and and it's, you know, we're losing a lot of our companies to that are no longer owned by American companies. So I, I, I just think that that's a, it's a great thing to be, um, you know, still American owned. A hundred percent. And family owned. A hundred percent. So great. let's let's talk about uh, the new Liga stuff. So you got yep. H99. We'll yep. start there. Yep. So the H99, you have the H99 and you have the League Anniversario, yeah. the 10-year Anniversario. So the H99, that's, um, again, going back to staying true 
It's Corojo 99 seed grown in Connecticut. Stock cut, just like the Connecticut Broadleaf and the T52 seed Habano for the T52 Liga Privada. Um, and then you have the, uh, the 10th anniversary using a Criollo wrapper. You know, I, I get a little spoiled because now I kind of blend everything to my palate. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I still keep in mind always the market and what people look for. So the, and the, the, those lines have such a loyal following exactly. that expect a certain thing. So, you know, they're still, both of them are still Liga-esque for what people love about Liga. More so the, the Anniversario. It's more of that robust, you know, just it's hitting you in the face from the minute you light it up. Yeah. Um, but in, 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 a, in a smoother way, more my style type cigar. Sure. The 99, even more so. The 99 with that wrapper, you know, it's, it's, it's an inherently sweeter wrapper. Okay. So with the blend, it's, it's just a little bit smoother than the, the, the Liga 10 Anniversario, but still in that fuller-bodied Liga profile that people expect, you know. That was, you know, probably one of the, the, the most stressful blends I've ever had to work on. Only because you're living up to right. the original. And you can't move too far away from that original right. thing. Right. You know. So, you know, it's been, it's been amazing, man. It really has a fun, stressful. There's always stress in everything you do. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have a product that we stand behind. And we're happy with. We enjoy And we hope everybody else enjoys it as much as we do. Yeah. So, Jeff, as a, as a retailer, what is it? I mean kind of a silly question what does it mean to you but what's the response because you know there's there's been buzz around the expansion of that Liga portfolio I imagine every store has its Liga super fans what's the the response that, that you're getting well I, I gotta tell you Drew Estate did such a good job of keeping this the wraps on this one yeah. right. you know I heard rumblings about you know we're growing some uh, Corojo up in Connecticut and all that uh, and then knew about the anniversary one but the, the, the Liga coming out with the H99 is uh, that was a that that announcement I I learned it on the same time everybody else did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have one in my pocket. I haven't even smoked it yet. But I can tell you that uh, the Liga portfolio is the brand itself is a is an incredibly popular brand. It's got a great following and it's very consistent. Now it's time. I'm I'm glad the timing on this one too. It's glad I'm glad to see that we've got the uh, you know two new line extensions on it. Um, I've also become aware that you're not making it right now. There's not a lot of the H99 right. out, so it's right. going to be very limited. Everybody's going to yes. be looking for it. Um, so be patient. That's all I can tell you yeah. is be very patient on this one. Cause well, not- in addition to that, we, we didn't talk about to the Liga Privada is the smaller Vitolos. We have the three new small sizes coming out in the Liga Privada, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, that falls into my wheelhouse. You know, coming from Miami, used to the smaller Vitolas, the Coronas, Panatellas, you know, those those are all in my wheelhouse. So we got three new sizes coming out uh, in the Ligas. And, um, you know, if you have a limited time to smoke, now you have a Liga that you can smoke, you yeah. know? It's so, funny. I think uh, it's lost on a lot of people. I don't think people in any given place realize how different 
the smoking habits are of cigar smokers in different cities and regions. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. But I got to tell you, with, with Corona Cigar, we're all spoiled because we we yeah. have a place to smoke cigars. Yeah. So we can light up the big Churchills and the big, you know, Toros. Yeah. we got plenty of time to smoke them. So, yeah. so we never uh, have bad weather. Yeah, and we, we <laughs> rarely have bad weather. If it is, come inside. You know That's what I mean? It. So, right. so um, you know, our, our, uh, our base, we don't have... Thank goodness we don't have those limitations where we got to yeah. smoke just a little cigar. But but overall, I'm just I'm very excited to see the two new line extensions. And uh, I don't know the the 10th anniversary. When is that expected to go? Everything we're we're looking probably around October is going to be uh, for everything. The the new repackaged Herrestoli, the Maduro Herrestoli, the Miamis, um, the Ligas. Uh, but like you said, the Ligas are extremely limited. Is the 10th going to be as limited as the H99? The 10th is more limited than the H99. It's a thousand boxes, right? Right. Yeah. That's Very nothing. Limited. Yeah. So it's uh, it's going to be limited. We could sell that, and you know, I mean, no, just in yeah. our store. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's so, why I'm saying. So folks are going to have to be uh, pretty patient on those, and in. But there will be more. There will yeah. be more. You know, but it's it just everything takes time. We don't rush anything, and uh, we know we we upset a lot of people because we'll kind of tease them. And then we hold off, and it's not that we're doing anything in purpose, you know, it's just, it takes time. Yeah, anytime tobacco, the you don't rush. Books, anytime the product is good, somebody's pissed off. No, of there's course. not more of it, you know. That's it, man. They, you know, they but think that you can just crank it out like if nothing. Right. It takes time, man, yeah. and uh, that's our biggest thing. We, we never, we don't look at, okay, let's make a buck now. No, we look long-term, coming out with something we're behind, we enjoy, it's ready, and the consumers hopefully will enjoy it, and that's when we release it. So last thing, we haven't really talked about the fact that we're in Vegas, but shifting gears completely, when you're in Vegas, is there something that you don't want to leave without having done or seen or eaten? What's what's your must hit? Like, if I'm in Vegas, I got to do this at least once while I'm here. You know, for me, believe it or not, it's touching bases with all the, all the friends that I have in the industry. Yeah. Because it's the one time a year that you get to see everybody or you have everybody in the in one spot. Food, food for me is food is food. You can have it here, there, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is just catching up at least at once a year with, you know, the different uh, companies, people you know, friendships you have, other, you know, other reps or other manufacturers. You get to see them here. You know, that's my biggest thing. For me, it's totally different. I take my <laughs> kids with me everywhere. Well, and you're, so, you're and you got a, you got stores, so you see these guys all the time. Yeah. So. When I take my kids, though, they're like, listen, you know, dad's working all day for the next three days. All they want to do is make sure that they get to go to Circus Circus where they can go play all those, those silly carnival games. But, listen, if you're a parent and you come to Las Vegas, Circus Circus is old and kind of dingy. But all those silly games you play in a carnival and you play 10 bucks for you never win, you go there, the kids win. So, okay. anyway, there you go. It's, it's fun. It works. And, and, and that's where we... Are they pumping oxygen in for the kids, too? <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's fine. But it's sort of like a Chuck E. Cheese, but anyway, a Las Vegas style. But that's where we end up going, and uh, they always end up winning some I'm kind sure of I'll end up there at some point. <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> mine start coming over here. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. You got thanks, it, Nicholas. man. Thank you. Thanks to Willie and Jeff for taking the time to do that interview. As always, thanks to you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Rate and review us while you're there. You can also find episodes of the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Share this episode with friends and fellow smokers. 
who you think might be interested in this story. Normally, our podcasting schedule calls for two episodes a week. As you might know, we have been running through a backlog of interviews that were recorded at the IPCPR trade show. We are coming to the end of that backlog. So we've got one more of these interviews left. Stay tuned for an interview with Carl Malone of Utah Jazz fame. And uh, go back into the uh, backlog uh, or the, the archives of our podcast for interviews with Oscar Valladares, Andre Farkas, Daniel Marshall, and a whole bunch more. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook uh, at Cigar Snob Mag. So just search Cigar Snob Mag in all those places. Finally, make sure to send any feedback, questions, or comments to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Again, that's feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. We might just respond to you here on the podcast or in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine. Thanks for listening. Until next time, again, I'm Nick Jimenez, and this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of safra rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, senior editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of safra rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with safra rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio. But it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar, Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A Rum. Safra Rum. Always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without Safra.